In today's episode, we're speaking to Cheryl Wood. Cheryl is the CEO of Vocalize and founder of SpeakerCon. She's empowered 72,200 people to execute on their dreams and taught 10,000 women on how to turn themselves into amazing speakers with entrepreneurs, uh, with her entrepreneur success strategies. She is an amazing lady and she's going to talk to us and tell us how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We've got Dr. Cheryl Woods with us. Welcome, Dr. Cheryl. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. And I'm super excited to have you. It's You are an amazing lady. Everyone has heard your intro and they are so fascinated and so amazed as am I. But please, in your own words, tell us what it is that you do. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs specifically to unleash the power of their voice and to really learn how to maximize their experiences, meaning impact more people globally, but also to monetize that as an additional revenue stream. Wow, fantastic. Um, so Dr. Cheryl, tell us, uh, talk us through your journey. I mean, so you didn't wake up one day and decide this is what you're going to do. <laughs> this was you know, a, a career option when you were growing up and not for me either. Um, so how did you fall into this kind of work? What led you down to this particular path? I always say speaking found me. I didn't find it. And it found me because I had a spirit of curiosity about what else I could do in this thing called life. So mm-hmm. Just 12 years ago, I was actually working in a corporate job. I worked as a legal secretary. I did that for 15 years in corporate America because I believe we do what we know how to do until we're courageous enough to try something different, even though it's scary and uncomfortable. And I found myself in a place where I wanted more. I wanted really freedom. I wanted time freedom, financial freedom, and creative freedom because I was a mom of three. And I found myself dropping my kids off at six o'clock every morning for before care in somebody else's care, not picking them up until 6 p.m. in the evening mm-hmm. at aftercare in somebody else's care. And I just felt like somebody else was raising my kids. That yeah. wasn't okay with me. I wanted to be fully present as a mother. I wanted to instill my morals and values into my kids. I didn't want to leave that in somebody else's hands. But mm-hmm. at that time, somebody else was seeing my kids more than I was. So I yeah. just went on a really a path of exploration. Like, how do I shift this? How do I shift the trajectory of my life from doing what I have to do to doing what I love to do that also gives me those three freedoms that I mentioned. And for Mm. me, I saw entrepreneurship as that route. Like, okay, I don't know how, that's the the honest truth. I didn't know how it was gonna map out. I didn't have a whole bunch of money in the bank. I didn't have any, you know, big superstars on speed dial. I didn't have any major connections that was gonna get me there. But you know what I do have? I have a lot of tenacity. Like when I put my mind to something and I say, I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna do it. It doesn't matter for me how long it takes to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. So there was like this tenacity in my spirit to find a replacement for that income that I was bringing in at that time that would also give me freedom. And that really is what started my path. And I started a t-shirt business. 
And the t-shirt business ended up detouring me into speaking. Ah, so that's really, really interesting. Now, I'm going to take a pause and go back to what you just said. It's the tenacity, which I think is when I speak to all these entrepreneurs and in, in my own journey, and when I, when I, because we have, we're very fortunate, we've speaking to so much amazing entrepreneurs like yourself, like Sammy Wonder and a few loads of, loads of others. The one thing that I find with all of these, these different, and they're, they're very successful in different realms and different areas, doesn't matter the, doesn't matter the niche, doesn't matter the area, but there's one quality which distinguishes between them and the average of blogs who's trying it and is always striving and never arriving is tenacity. Yeah. It's actually having the courage to do things that others would not, to go beyond their pain threshold that others will refuse to, and to you know pick themselves up for the hundredth time after they've fallen off the horse, so to speak. And we've all done that, you know that we, you know that's part of the game, right? But it's that having that that tenacity to, you know what, don't care, I'm going to carry on going, and having that gumption, like I made the decision, I I'm doing this, I'm going to carry on, and this is what comes across really strongly from you which actually, if in the long run, pays on dividends upon dividends because then it just grows and the universe rewards you as, as it has. So now talk us through this. How did you go from having a T-shirt business to being a speaker? <laughs> that just doesn't line up either. So e-commerce to uh, do something which is, you know, service-based. How did you jump from, how, it literally is jumping ship. How do you do that? Yeah, I think when you are in motion, you mentioned this a little bit just a, a moment ago that the universe kind of conspires in your behalf when you keep showing up and saying, no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to figure this out. And you put the time, the energy, the effort in to do something different, to disrupt what you've always known, I believe you will be divinely detoured into the path that you're supposed to be on. So because of the t-shirt business, I get a phone call randomly, seemingly randomly, right? But all in divine orchestration. I get a phone call from someone at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland saying, hey, uh, Miss Wood, I wasn't even Dr. Wood yet. Uh, we'd love to have you to come in and speak to our audience at our Women's Entrepreneur Conference because we heard about your T-shirt business. And my response to them was, I, I think you dialed a wrong number. You're not looking for me. I'm not a speaker. I didn't put myself out there as a speaker. Why would you be calling me? That's the divine orchestration of things behind the scenes when you are in constant motion and movement towards something greater. So then it was up to me to say yes or say no. Now, the majority of me wanted to say no because I felt unqualified. And that's when I share with entrepreneurs, there has to be something within you that you know I am called and equipped for this opportunity. And if the opportunity landed in my lap, there has to be a reason that it's here. And it has to be here to expose me to something I don't already know about yeah. myself. So I gave myself permission to say yes, that I would come and speak at that conference. The day that I got there it was September 18, 2010. When I got there in that morning, I was like, oh my God, why did I say yes? Because I was so nervous. <laughs> I felt so, so out of my out of my norm and out of my realm of genius because I hadn't done it before. But when I tell you, when I got up on that stage and I just started sharing my heart and sharing my story and my truth and why I was doing this thing called entrepreneurship, and I talked about the freedoms that I wanted and I desired and how I wanted to be a present mom and all those things, I could look out in the audience. I could see women with tears streaming down their faces. I could see people taking copious notes. They had their, like, like I was saying something so profound and I'm saying to myself, okay, what is happening here? Whatever it is, I like it. I like the way I feel that I'm able to speak life into other people's dreams. But more mm -hmm. importantly, I like the way that I'm making people feel through that process. So I, it was like a, you know, a dual win-win, if you will. I felt great because I was speaking life into someone else. 
And then to look on the other end and see that they, their eyes were being open to possibilities that they perhaps hadn't even considered for themselves. I was like, I want to feel this way for the rest of my life. And I want to make people feel this way for the rest of my life. Oh, that's so good. And I, I totally get that. And I know this much that, I mean, I have multiple businesses. And I'm a serial entrepreneur and I, I failed more times than I could, <laughs> I, I could assure you. Uh, I'm always taking chances. But for more of my businesses, my coaching business, I think, is the least profitable and the least, the biggest of the least amount of business. But it's where I spend majority of the time because I love it so much. It's that it's when you when you have when, you know, when we have one client, um, you know, uh, you know, Sam, I mean, she couldn't even pay the deposit for the mastermind. And now she's on crazy money, um, you know, in a couple of months. Or we have somebody else who was setting the target. And he just shared with me that he's made. Um, I think he set himself a target of 500,000. He's made in, in the 12 months. When you have these stories, and it's not about the money because it could be even 2,000 or 10,000. Yeah. It, it different from different people because they own different parts of life. It's that transformation in their life that awareness in the life and that self-belief that they now have in their life because of you yeah. and you may have played a small but pivotal role in their life and that's enough for me to have the job satisfaction going to be happy like yeah I'm gonna carry on doing what I'm doing yeah. and yes financially we there are other businesses which are more rewarding but I think spiritually um, and emotionally this is probably the best for me and yourself yeah. by the sounds of it the most rewarding job ever um, it's not that uh, money is great. And I always think money is great because I'm being a money person. But I think it's the 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 satisfaction of helping others and then helping themselves through something they learned from you is just beyond uh, beyond a, a price. Yeah, because because we could be on a job making a whole lot of money and hate it. So. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and there's plenty of people actually on, on this podcast at the moment listening to this who are on the same scenario. These are because our, our target audience tends to be entrepreneurs um, from corporate backgrounds. And some of them haven't actually transitioned over yet. So they're still in the corporate jobs. And some of them are making multiple six figures yeah. and making ton of money. But obviously, they're selling the soul in the process because they're constantly at work. I remember I, I was one of them. So I was a banking, a banking finance lawyer. So with that in mind, it was crazy. And you, you come from as a legal secretary, you know the kind of hours that we do, right? Yeah. Yes. Mad hours. And and um, I remember the American law firms are even worse because they pay me more, but they take they expect more from you. So we had yes. I won't name few. I was about to name them, but I better live <laughs> them. Um, and I went for a couple of them in in the, um in our um, you know Canary Wharf here in London. And it was crazy, but I couldn't, as a single person, it's doable, but as a mother, yes. help. Yeah. And, and so it's not just about the making money, it's how you make that money and how it makes you feel. I mean, I was making, um, you know, I make a lot more money than that. I, I, do, I do for my job now. But when I first started this out, the first few years, I was I made more in my corporate job than I did my, my business. For the satisfaction I got in my business was hell of a lot more. Yeah. And the fact that I got to work around my kids, obviously, that's the added, uh, uh, that's the most ma- motivating factor for me. But I totally hear you. It's not necessarily mo- money is not the motivating factor, especially for those who from corporate backgrounds because they, they can make that kind of money. It's a, it's a satisfaction within themselves. They're making a difference in someone's life, or having being your own boss and being having the autonomy <laughs> to do what you want when you want to do. Yes. That's the most important. So. How did that one speaking engagement lead you on to becoming and getting to the level where you are now? And how did you go on? Um, did you PhD? I take you to the PhD. How did you become a doctor from you know from doc, from Ms. Woods? You now a doctor Woods. How did how did that process happen? 
Yeah. So uh, it really did. That first engagement in 2010 just opened my eyes up and my soul up. Like it, it stirred my soul so much. I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. There was no question. I knew I'd found the thing that I was born to do. And when you find the thing you're born to do, you're like, I don't care what I have to do to do it. I'm going to do it. So now I kept my full-time job because I had responsibilities and because I don't want people, you know, sometimes in the marketplace, people are like, oh, quit your job and take the leap and jump. Well, make sure that you are jumping, you know, methodically, make sure that you are jumping and leaping with a plan of action because- Especially if you have kids, especially if you have kids and family to support. Yeah, it, it really, really matters. You can't just abandon, you know, throw caution to the wind, as they say, um, and just jump into something that, you know, you, you've got to test it and test the water. So for me, I still kept my full-time job, but I started going very, very heavy and hard on networking. Uh, in business arenas, starting to introduce myself differently, right? Because whatever we focus on, that's the thing that expands. And whatever we believe, that's the thing that's going to manifest. So I started introducing myself as Cheryl Wood, international motivational speaker. I hadn't even left Baltimore, Maryland. I hadn't left the States, but I was already projecting where this was going to go because it stirred my soul that much. And Mm -hmm. I would start putting in, I started becoming really, really active in seeking out what I wanted. So I would submit speaker proposals online. I would go to networking events and tell people that I was a speaker so they could invite me into their events. And honestly, for an entire year, I did it at no cost because I wanted two things. I wanted speaker experience and speaker exposure so that people would know that, yeah, this person, we're going to bring her in. She's going to do an amazing job. She's going to wow our audience. And that was without coaching. And then after that, after a year in, and I realized I want this to be a serious career that's going to replace my $75,000 a year revenue in corporate America, maybe a little over a hundred by the time I did overtime, but I wanted that to replace that. And I was like, okay, I've got to become serious about this, which means I have to master this craft. I can't just be good. I've got to be amazing. I can't travel. I've got to dominate in this lane so that I can generate that level of revenue. So I started hiring coaches. And I've worked mm-hmm. with some of the best. I've worked with Lisa Nichols. I've worked with, worked with Les Brown. I've worked under Tony Robbins. I've, I mean, the, the gurus in the industry, I've worked under their tutelage so that I could master the, the skill of speaking, which now has produced this amazing million-dollar speaking enterprise that I run today. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been a journey. There have been ups and downs and highs and lows, but it's all about what you deposit. What are you depositing so that you can have a withdrawal? Sometimes people want to withdraw as entrepreneurs but you can't take your ATM card to the bank machine, put it in and put your code in and expect a withdrawal. You haven't made a deposit yet. So yeah. for me, it's, it's all about Cheryl, what are you putting in so that at some point in the future, and that doesn't mean I put it in today and take out tomorrow. I deposit, 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 those deposits compound. And over time, I'm able to go and get a withdrawal on it. So I've, I've taken that as my approach. And in terms of that, and that's literally just gotten me so many doors of opportunity. And on top of that, in terms of the doctorate, I literally just got my doctorate uh, year before last. It's an honorary doctorate that made me Dr. Cheryl Wood. And the beautiful thing about that, the beautiful thing about that is for so long, I am not going to cry about this goal. For so long, I counted myself out and I didn't think I would be able to create this reality that I'm so in love with now because I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have a piece of paper that said I was good enough or smart enough and, or people should take a chance on me. So I went straight from high school into the workforce because I grew up in a space of poverty. So yeah. I, 
didn't go off for four years of self-discovery for some, with uh, Ivy League education. I didn't have a piece of paper. I didn't have that piece of paper that said I was a graduate. I had a doctor's. I had a master's. I had a bachelor's. None of that. So everything, my whole building of my journey was without a college degree. It was just pulling on what God had naturally given to me, my ability to communicate, knowing that that was my strength. Every single one of us have been given a unique strength, which is why we call it a unique lane of brilliance. That's your lane of brilliance and nobody can touch that. And it just happened 10 years after the journey, 10 years in, I just got this two year, less than two years ago, 10 years in, someone observed, like, look at the work that you've done and how you've served women all across the world in India and Africa and London and all these places. You need, you really have done an amazing empowerment work for women. You've elevated girls and women. We want to honor you. And so that's how I became Dr. Cheryl Wood. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Wow, what a journey. And I I really want people to understand and hear this because I think this is so important. What you're talking about now is the imposter syndrome, which comes to bite all our backsides. I have to say, it doesn't matter what qualifications you have, you can have four masters and a PhD in astrophysics and still be, you know, like, am I good enough? Uh, You know, that's because that good enough has to come from within. And we're always looking for the external validation, somehow a degree or postgraduate degree or a master's or PhD or or the million dollar business is going to somehow validate our worth. The problem is we have to validate it ourselves. Otherwise, we're always running after the next, you know, next shining object that that can help us to feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I, I love what you said, because I tend to find that corporate America or corporate across the world People, especially in the corporate sectors, they tend to be the ones who work extremely hard at school. They're the overachievers at school, at college, at uni, and throughout the workplace as well. You know, they, they, they're executive levels, but they're constantly pushing themselves. And they're the ones who are doing 80, 90 hours in the workplace as well. And still, they don't feel worthy of the money they make. Um, and this is that's a mindset thing, not necessarily um, a, a personal um, uh, self worth. It's not it's something that they're not able to do. It's just that the, the, the worth self worth isn't there. That's where the mindset comes in. This is what I think something that people like you and I come in to help you realize you can have no degree and make a million dollars a month, and you can have all the degrees in the world and be barely over you know minimum wage. And so education doesn't determine how much money you will make. Um, I value education, so I'm not putting education out by any standards. I, you know, I, for me in the UK, I, you know, we have my both my kids go to private school because of this. I, I really do, I really do believe in education, but I don't think education um, is alone is enough. You know, it, it, your schooling should not be the only factor for your education. You need to self-educate. I think this is something more that I learned from Bob Proctor a long time ago. May he rest in peace. That your school, most of the times, school actually interrupts your education. You have to be mindful of that. And if all your self-worth is dependent upon your degrees, then you, you are going to be the rest of your life. But I, I think that is a beautiful example of when the world appreciates what you do because you're in your zone of genius, you're doing what you're passionate about, then that last piece of evidence that you want, which is a piece of paper saying you're amazing, is given <laughs> So that's that's 
Well, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, my degree and your degree, they're just piece of papers at yeah. the end of the day. But they're just every now and again, it's nice to be there. It's nice to have that, you know, but it's you, you're amazing. Yeah. And how you make clients make you feel, how you make your clients feel, that's amazing. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who is thinking, God, you know, Dr. Cheryl, you you sound amazing and you had this courage to do all of this, but you sound like a superwoman. I have three kids to feed and I'm in corporate America or I'm in corporate whatever part of the world. I'm in the UK, so I'm in corporate UK. And I, I know I have this passion to create, I don't know, this um, creative business or on, on pottery, for example, just popped into my head. You know, I know I'm great at pottery and I want to have a business around this and blah, blah, blah. But I have bills to pay. What do I do? Where, where did you get the time to manage your home, to manage your job? Because especially if you're in corporate America, you're, they pretty much, you know, suck your, suck your soul. Um <laughs> doing all those hours for 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 the money you're making and then you have to be a mother how did you fit in a side business or a, this business of yours first t-shirt business and then your speaking engagements how did you manage your time or how did you manage yourself around it yeah i think that's a that's such a great question because i was juggling a lot to get to this place and i and i love sharing that because not only was i working a full-time job when i started the journey but i was nurturing my marriage and i was raising three kids so yeah. I have my kids are now teenagers. When I started, they were they were young. I mean, now they're 14, 15 and 18. But you're talking 12 years ago. So they were babies, toddlers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my husband and I will be celebrating 15 years of marriage uh, coming up in, a, in another couple months. So, yeah, there, that's a lot on your plate. Uh, and so for me, it really was maximizing my time mm-hmm. and making choices about how I was going to spend my time. Most of us, oftentimes, uh, after we've worked all week, you know, it's the weekend and we want to rest and have fun. And I'm like, okay, my fun has to be packing up these T-shirts and going to this vendor event and selling these T-shirts so that I can get my name of my brand out into the community. Or it has to be going to this free speaking engagement that is not paying me. So there is some there's some sacrifice that you've got to make. There are some distractions that you have to eliminate while other people are sitting on the couch and they're watching three or four hours of TV, aimless TV, and it just, you know, five, four or five hours are gone. Mm-hmm. I've already been out to an event. You know, I've sold t-shirts or I've spoken at an event and, you know, I've done all these things because I choose to maximize my, my time. Sometimes it means you have to get up earlier than you want to get up. Sometimes it means you have to stay up later than you want to stay up. Uh, for me, when I was still working my full-time job, I would go to work. I would pick up the kids, drop the kids off at home, make sure they had something to eat freshen up. And then I'd go back out of the house to, to a networking event. I do that two or three times a week. I was on sheer adrenaline from knowing that, oh, my life is going to change. Like it was just this commitment in my spirit that no matter what, I'm going to make this happen. And I don't expect anybody to give it to me. I don't expect it to be free or easy or convenient. I expect that it's going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. And it has been a a journey indeed. It's been a marathon and there have been highs and lows, but it is so worth it on the other side of all the sacrificing that you do and the time management and the juggling of priorities. And then let me add this as well. And sometimes, especially for women, when we're on this journey and we're trying to create this business or whatever it is while we're doing everything else, we also have to learn how to ask for help. Oh my gosh, absolutely. (laughs) I think these smart women have more difficult time asking for help because we're so used to doing everything ourselves anyway. Like, you know what? The amount of time is going to take me to explain this to you. Let me just do it myself. And half the time, depending on our programming, um, I mean, we're being women of color, both you and I are, you know, I'm not generalizing, but I know this from my personal experience. Yeah. 
I'm used to doing things myself. There is no one to ask help from. Yeah. So even when you have the ability to ask for help, you just you're so used to doing things on your own. Like I'll just do it. So, so I'll yeah. just do it. And and the bad part as well is not only do we get used to it, but we condition everybody around us to get used to it. That hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need, I'm good. I'll get it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll wear the S on my chest today again. And I'll you know what I mean? And and it's like you've got to get to a point where you're like, look. You know, and, and I'm a, I consider myself an energizer bunny. Like I, I can get stuff done. I mean, I, I just I run circles around most people, and that's great. But there are times when I'm like, I, I can't do this right now. I, I can't do anything else. So I started giving myself permission to ask for help. I started giving myself permission to stop expecting me to be superwoman. So if the kids got to eat pizza tonight instead of the home cooked meal, that's okay. If I got to hire somebody to come and clean my house because I don't have time, that's okay. Like I started giving myself permission to create the reality that would support the dream that I was building. And that of course came along, you know, down, down the road as I started to really grow and started generating revenue in my business. Then I could hire somebody to come and clean my house. I could, you know, have the kids. I'm like, look, my kids have Uber eats on speed dial. Cause if mommy has a long day and a long night of teaching and training clients and coaching, guess what? I might not be able to go to the grocery store and be able to, to do the things that, I normally would do. And it's okay. There's no guilt about that. As long yeah. as my kids aren't hungry, as long as they're fed, why am I stressing myself out with mom guilt? Because I didn't slave over the stove. Like It doesn't have to be that way anymore. And so we can find ways that make our lives easier. Even now, I don't know about there in, in, in the UK, but here in, uh, in the US, we have this thing called Instacart. They'll deliver your groceries to your door, for God's sake. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the world we're living in. I love it. So yeah. anything that you can do to that, and to me, in, a, in essence, is asking for help. When I say, I don't have time to go to the grocery store, I'm going to dial up Instacart and they're going to deliver my groceries to me, or this yeah. person is going to come and clean the house or this, whatever the thing is, we have permission to do that. I love that. I love, I mean, we obviously we have the same thing here. I, I purposely don't do this. And I'm probably the only one I know who doesn't do this because I have, you know, everything else I have someone for, because that's my, the only times I get out of the house is when I go gym. Oh, I do my grocery shopping once a week. <laughs> so that's my time out. So that's the only reason why I take the time out. And I like I like taking my trolley around like old granny. And I like I, I just like mulling over. I spend an hour in my shopping, you know, grocery yeah. shopping purely because I that's the only time I'm gonna get out, which sounds really yeah. sad. I know other times because I'm so run I'll run off the feet between the kids and everything else. I don't, I don't have time away from it. And I, I, don't, I don't even have my phone on. I don't have the, anything on. It's just me with my thoughts, empty thoughts and just strangers yeah. smiling, whatever. So that's what I do. And you I, know what I do, you know what I do? I got to throw this in. You know what my sweet spot is? After I dropped all three kids off at school, I pull up to my house and I just sit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband's like, where are you? Out, out front in the car and I'm just decompressing or I'm listening to whatever music I want to because nobody's asking me to change the chant, the station. Like it's just my free time. Sometimes I'll go and I'll sit if I'm going to the store and I'll sit in the, I'll sit in the parking lot in the car for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get it because in the house, as soon as you step through the door, it's because I have an office in my home. Yep. If I come through there, the business woman comes out. If I'm in the house, if it, as soon as I go into the rest of the house, it's the mommy that comes out. Yes. I'm either clean. I'm not. I don't clean much. But we have. I'm very blessed. We have, we've got. I've got a cleaner, and she's amazing. She. But even still, I'm still. I was my daughter thinks I've got OCD. I'm tiny little bit that's of hair or all the washing or whatever or clothes or something and whatever else, and. 
uh, or I'm thinking about food or whatever else, or I've got two cats, it's something to do with the house and the kids that comes out. Yeah, yeah. I'm in this room, which is most of the time, then it's work related. So the only time I have to myself is when I step outside the house, which is to go to the gym, yeah. or it's to, like I said, <laughs> to the grocery store. <laughs> I hate shopping, by the way. So I'm, I, the only shopping I like is grocery shopping. I hate normal shopping. I'm not a more fan. But I love what you said. You need to be able to take some time out for yourself. Yeah, I need to ask for help because I mean that's a strategy that we teach anyway. That you know you, your time is more valuable than the time you spend kicking, cleaning, whatever. You, if you get someone else to do it, great. And so it's important to ask for help and to expect help to be given. But um, it, it's also that you know we have to uncondition people around us. I, I remember you just I think five minutes ago you said about conditioning other people. I think that's what's happened with me. My brother, and my brother's the most generous giving person you'll meet. He's such a loving guy. And, and I think he's more generous than me, but not towards me because he expects me yeah. to do everything myself. Yep. You know, um, even like if I bring the groceries, he knows that I'm a strong girl and I'll pick the groceries up. If I ask him, he'll do it. It's not that he wouldn't do it, but he doesn't think I need help with yeah. the help of groceries. He doesn't, if I'm going somewhere, he... Yeah, with other people I'm amazed how much he goes out of his way to help because he's a very generous person but for, and it's not his fault by the way it's just as we're growing uh, growing up he was the one who's delinquent and and I did everything for my mom so I became the responsible mm -hmm. level-headed you know um self-assured and so you know a person so he looks up to me he's a, it's my older brother but he looks up to me most people think I'm the older but I'm not I'm the younger one but he looks upon me like that and he treats me that way that I'm his savior I'm his support do you see what I mean? Because yeah. it's confused that way. And now that I think he's in the mid-40s, he's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> and it sometimes gets on my nerves. Why don't you think I need help? Because we'll ask me then. So with him, I have to specifically verbalize it. Yeah. Otherwise, he won't understand. I can be right in front of him and he wouldn't think he should help me with my great. He thinks, but you're strong in me. <laughs> Yeah, because we because we're so used to wearing the S on our chest, and when yeah. you wear the S on your chest, and you don't ever ask for help, people think you got it all, you got it under control. Why would I help you? And you got it under control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're in control. And this yeah. is what, and he's one example, but I have the rest of my other family as well, um, because of what if various things that happened in my life. And mom passed away when I was 21. Mm. I've always done things with myself. In my extended family, doesn't think, oh, it's okay, you know, she can do it, and you know, she can do this, she can do that, and it's that expectation yeah. that somehow I am superwoman. I can do everything without needing any help, yeah. which really bugs me at times. But now I, I've given up. I'm like, yeah. I just, I'll just own being a superwoman. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So on that note, so let's wrap up for today. I mean, um, tell us, um, Dr. Cheryl, you, know, you are so amazing. How can people connect with you? What can they do to, how, how can they find you on the internet? Yeah. So um, I would definitely encourage them to connect with me on my website so they can become a part of my VIP community at CherylEmpowers.com. There is an S on the end of that, CherylEmpowers.com. Um, follow me all across social media. I hang out on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook at Cheryl Empowers. And then last but not least, I would highly encourage you for those of you who are entrepreneurs and you're considering how do I maximize and monetize the power of my voice, my experiences, my story, and really create that as an additional revenue stream. And I, as I like to say, to be able to impact millions while you're making millions, uh, connect with me on Facebook at Global Speakers University. So if you just go into your Facebook feed and just type in the search bar, Global Speakers University, it is a completely free community that I run. And man, do I give out some amazing tips and strategies there at no cost. 
I post all types of events that are looking for speakers. If you're someone who's trying to get your voice more out in marketplace and they're not just local, they're global opportunities. So just come and play with us. Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on a podcast, remember the links that Dr. Cheryl was just mentioned will be in the show code in the show notes. And if you're watching us on the YouTube link down below in the description section, again, once again, we will have all the links that Dr. Cheryl was just mentioned. Do check her out. She's amazing. Not only she's fun to talk to, but she is amazing. Um, check her out and see if you um if you need her help and support to becoming a speaker then go for it and connect with her. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for being with us, Dr. Shaw. It's thank been a pleasure you. talking to you. You've been so much fun. But we have to have you back for our Money Talkie segments because we have to pick your brains. Now that we know you're amazing, now that we know your story, we have to find out you know, how you can support us in our uh, businesses. So we'll have a chat with you then. But today, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to me and Dr. Sherwood today. I will be back on another Friday feature with another amazing guest speaking to them and finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.